Hey, thanks for listening to the Daily Walk podcast. Just want to remind you that if you have any questions, any thoughts, any comments, or any prayer requests, you can go online to the Boulder Church website, which is at boulder.church. Send them along. We'd love to hear from you. Otherwise, look after each other and live love. Good morning. It is Tuesday, May 7. Welcome to Daily Walk. I'm Becky DeOliveira. And I'm Jay at DeOliveira and uh, excited about today. And so let me pray for today and for uh, the text as well. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for today. I want to thank you for all the blessings that you call us upon. I want to thank you for you for the passage that we're going to read. I want to thank you for the opportunities we have to be able to pause for a moment. I ask for, Lord, for your wisdom, for your grace, for your understanding, as always, and for your clarity in our lives. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen. Okay, I'm reading John 4, 1 through 26 in the message, the MSG today, subheading the woman at the well. Jesus realized that the Pharisees were keeping count of the baptisms that he and John performed, although his disciples, not Jesus, did the actual baptizing. They had posted the score that Jesus was ahead, turning him and John into rivals in the eyes of the people. So Jesus left the Judean countryside and went back to Galilee. To get there, he had to pass through Samaria. He came into Sychar, a Samaritan village that bordered the field Jacob had given his son Joseph. Jacob's well was still there. Jesus, worn out by the trip, sat down at the well. It was noon. A woman, a Samaritan, came to draw water. Jesus said, Would you give me a drink of water? His disciples had gone to the village to buy food for lunch. The Samaritan woman, taken aback, asked, How come you, a Jew, are asking me, a Samaritan woman, for a drink? Jews in those days wouldn't be caught dead talking to Samaritans. Jesus answered, If you knew the generosity of God and who I am, you would be asking me for a drink, and I would give you fresh living water. The woman said, Sir, you don't even have a bucket to draw with, and this well is deep. So how are you going to get this living water? Are you a better man than our ancestor Jacob, who dug this well and drank from it, he and his sons and livestock, and passed it down to us? Jesus said, Everyone who drinks this water will get thirsty again and again. Anyone who drinks the water I give will never thirst, not ever. The water I give will be an an artesian spring within, gushing fountains of endless life. The woman said, Sir, give me this water so I won't ever get thirsty, won't ever have to come back to this well again. He said, Go call your husband and then come back. I have no husband, she said. That's nicely put. I have no husband. You've had five husbands, and the man you're living with now isn't even your husband. You spoke the truth there, sure enough. Oh, so you're a prophet. Well, tell me this. Our ancestors worshipped God at this mountain, but you Jews insist that Jerusalem is the only place for worship, right? Believe me, woman, the time is coming when you Samaritans will worship the Father neither here at this mountain nor there in Jerusalem. You worship guessing in the dark. We Jews worship in the clear light of day. God's way of salvation is made available through the Jews. But the time is coming, it has in fact come, when what you're called will not matter and where you go to worship will not matter. It's who you are and the way you live that count before God. Your worship must engage your spirit in the pursuit of truth. That's the kind of people the Father is out looking for, those who are simply and honestly themselves before Him in their worship. God is sheer being itself, spirit, Those who worship him must do it out of their very being, their spirits, their true selves, in adoration. The woman said, I don't know about that. I do know that the Messiah is coming, 
When he arrives, we'll get the whole story. I am he, said Jesus. You don't have to wait any longer or look any further. So that's a really good version. I like it yeah, a lot. It's long, though. It feels like it's... Like double know, the probably, length? Not quite double, <laughs> but maybe... A third again? Well, yeah. Right, it's a great story version. I mean, it's yeah. great. It's a great storytelling technique that he does, and mm-hmm. I think he does a great job with it. Yeah. I agree. So here's the uh, question for today. Um, the questions. Yeah, questions, absolutely. There's more than one. Uh, <laughs> Tim has this great gift of uh, compounding it all out. So <laughs> where do you find your spiritual identity? Is it your worship, your worship process, the day you worship on, or the one who you worship? <laughs> That's a lot. And how can you make sure that your identity is in Christ and not in your worship? Okay, you're going to have to help me out here. What is a spiritual identity exactly? Well, I'm just thinking that he's actually, I mean, he's, he's brought us to the answer as well. How can you make sure your identity is in Christ and not in your worship? That is where he's coming to. Where yeah. do you find your spiritual identity? <laughs> yeah, it is kind of, it's sort of begging the question a little yeah. bit, right? Yeah. But I guess you could still answer the question. Because you know maybe it's not supposed to be in the way that you worship, but for probably mm. people it is. Yeah. Well, and okay, I don't even totally, I said how if do you I know s- what your identity is, but I'll go a step further. I don't know how you would distinguish between... A cultural identity and a spiritual identity. No, not just no. that, but like how, how is your identity in Christ? Like what does that mean? Like I'm not Christ, I'm somebody else, so... I don't identify as Christ. So when people say you yeah. need to find your identity in Christ, I don't even know what that means. I don't know what well, they're talking about. Well, and in this case here, he's contrasting it. Your identity is in Christ and not in your worship. So he's saying, as opposed to being in your worship. So when we have our worship in, uh, sorry, when we have our identity in worship, that means it's in your worship, your worship process, the day you worship on, or the one who you worship. And I think that actually leads to the question that you brought up yesterday or the comment that you brought up yesterday where you're talking about, um, you know, segregated, that we are the most segregated society on, you know, in the mornings when we gather for worship. Oh, the worship hour, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and yet there is, there is this identity that we have. And so there is our spiritual identity, I guess, is galvanized or pulled together when we come together. Well, I guess, okay, I have a certain sense of identity as an Adventist. Cause you know, just yeah. the other day, my boss came back from, she did a keynote address at an uh-huh. Adventist university and she's not Adventist, but she came back and was talking about all the different people who were there, that there were Adventists and mm. Catholics and Muslims and it was in another country. And um, I commented something about, oh, yeah, that we actually Mm. get on quite well with Muslims because we don't drink alcohol and we don't eat pork. Mm -hmm. And I thought, huh, it was funny because I said, you know, we, like, that I I don't usually, I don't know, I don't usually go out of my way to identify as like a we as as an Adventist, but Uh I did in this case. Uh Um, And I've noticed a lot of my friends um, are starting, they're celebrating Ramadan coming up this next week. And that's an identity thing, you know, do you do that? Do you not? Do you, you know, do Easter? Do you not? You know, yeah. we have these things that we do that are, I guess that's kind of, is that I was a spiritual to a friend, identity? I, I was talking to a friend of mine about this. You know, do, do we perceive ourselves uh, as Christians, as Adventists, as uh, Protestants, as, uh, as followers of Jesus? How do we, what is our spiritual identity? And when, uh, and I was, as I was reflecting on this with my friend, I was, I was sharing with them, how when when we were younger, um, there was this huge debate when I was about 13, 14, I remember this in, in one particular uh, Sabbath school class that I was in where we were discussing, am I a Seventh-day Adventist Christian or am I a Christian Seventh-day Adventist? And, I, and at the time, I was 
what is the significance of, the, of, of being, the order of the order of it, right? And then as they started to unpack it, I was like, oh, yeah, I can well, see. It's kind of I like, can see um, why some people feel that's really important to them to have Christian first or Christian later, and yet now I'm a little bit different. Yeah, well, there were things like um, Father Ted came up with the the mm-hmm. saying "God, Country, Notre Dame," and implied in that is that order that those are the order. And don't don't branches of the military have things like that too? Thinking uh, like the Marines or something. I'm probably getting this from a film of a few good men. <laughs> like I can't remember for life of I me, mean, even though I typically know that movie by yeah. heart. I don't remember what he says. It's something like that though. Like I believe in three things: the Marine Corps. <laughs> King James Bible. Yeah, that is from a few <laughs> it's, good men. It's Kiefer Sutherland, yeah, yeah, right? He says is. something about yeah, the King that. James Bible and the the Marine Corps code of conduct. Or yeah, and the red coat. These, I think these these are his <laughs> his sources of authority. They're yeah. the only authorities that he accepts. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Anyway, that no, was that good. was a total tangent. No, it's true. It's true. But yeah, I don't know. Do you think a lot of people? find their whole identity. I guess he's talking about people who I are really contrast, into Saturday and that the fact that they worship on Saturday and that makes well, them or, right and or other the people liturgy wrong, of or, the service or the way that they worship and it, it becomes so overwhelming to some that it's actually overwhelming to to a degree that they actually push Christ aside because the style or the extent of it is actually more important than actually even spending time with Jesus. So the yeah, focus I don't, I of it's I like important. so many different styles of worship. I think so many ways are done well. Yeah. That, I don't know. I mean, I used I to go, I used to go, when I was a student, I used to attend nearly all the different styles of worship at church. When I was a student, it was, it was fantastic. But hey, look, our time is up for now. So let me just repeat the question one more time for today. Where do you find your spiritual identity? Uh, is it your worship, your worship process, the day you worship on, or the one who you worship? How can you make sure that your identity is in Christ and not in your worship? So think about that, look after each other, live love, and we'll connect tomorrow. Thanks for your support for the Daily Walk podcast. Wherever you are in the world, we just want to let you know that we're praying for you and we're glad that you're praying for us too. If you can help us out by giving online, then please go to boulder.church forward slash give and help this ministry actually make an effect on others as well. Keep us in your prayers, look after each other, and live love.